Today is Monday, February the 27th, 2023, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, South Carolina stays perfect early in this 2023 baseball season as the Gamecocks pick up the series sweep against the Penn Quakers. Guys, I'll break down the series in its entirety. We'll talk key takeaways. We'll hand out our weekly ooh, ooh, series MVP award. Also talk slap dick of the weekend, who's hot, who's not, and what's next for Mark Kingston's ball club as well. Also, we go from the diamond to the hardwood as South Carolina men's basketball suffers yet another tough loss, this time to the hands of the Tennessee Volunteers. Guys, I'll give my full takeaways from that one our player of the game, and what's next as well. Also, we'll talk a little bit of South Carolina women's basketball as the regular season concludes. Dawn Staley's team stays perfect on the year, and they now prepare for the SEC tournament upcoming later this week. Guys, we have got a packed show for you here on this Monday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Price Picks. Go download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works you pick two to six players, and you can win with a 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry guys. It's literally just you against. The projection. They also allow mixed sport entries. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. You can play college sports, pro sports, and guys, especially with March Madness just around the corner, you want to hop in on the action with our friends at Prize Picks. They've also got a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Guys, so many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Let's get it.
competition was taking a step up this past weekend on the diamond. However, I'm not sure any of us expected what we were in for at Founders Park. What a weekend it was as we sit here on yet again another victory Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, happy Monday. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, your host of the Spurs Up show as always, and I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. I hope this show does find you well. No matter where you are, what you are doing, we have got a ton to discuss here on this Monday. Very, very excited to chat with each and every single one of you. And again, guys, I hope this show does find you well. No matter where you are, what you are doing, we're talking baseball, we're talking basketball, both men's and women's as we start to dive into postseason play. Things are getting really exciting, not just the weather heating up, but the play on the field and on the court as well. Hey, before you know it, spring football will be back as well. Guys, we are rocking. We are rolling. Really, really excited again to chat with each and every single one of you. And it is a busy week for content as well, as I'm sure you can imagine. Let's start there with a couple of housekeeping items and things that I want to update you guys on. First things first, normal podcast schedule. Of course, this week we're chatting today on Thursday. We'll have a full breakdown of the series this weekend against the Clemsucks Tigers. We'll also talk some SEC tournament as the women get going in postseason play. Also, of course, talk men's basketball as they wrap up their regular season. Uh, but the Daily Crow, there will be some changes or just one change to the Daily Crow this week. No TDC on Friday. The reason being that the Women's Basketball SEC Tournament, the bracket has not officially dropped yet, but with South Carolina winning the regular season championship, of course, the Gamecocks are going to be the number one seed. The game for the number one seed is is Friday at noon in Greenville at Bon Secours Wellness Arena. We may potentially, we may possibly be there in person. I'm not 100% sure yet, but I know for sure I don't want to go live during that game, of course, right? Because, of course, Dawn Staley's squad will be playing during that time. So, no TDC on Friday. If there's a last-minute change of heart, maybe to go 10 to 12 instead of noon to 2, I'll let you guys know. But I think with the live stream watch-along that we're going to do later that afternoon as well, I think it just makes sense. No TDC for that day. So, again, just stay tuned. But as of right now... No TDC scheduled on Friday as we tune in to watch the Gamecocks pursue the SEC championship in the Women's Basketball SEC Tournament hosted in the upstate in Greenville, South Carolina. So really exciting stuff. And again, guys, like I just mentioned, on that note, in case you missed it, the plan this weekend, as it is Clem Sucks Week, the best rivalry in all of college baseball, takes center stage this weekend, Friday in Clem Sucks, Saturday in Greenville at Floor Field, and then, of course, Sunday, the series finale at Founders Park, we will be hosting live stream watch-alongs. Yes, live stream watch-alongs are back. We'll be hosting those, same as you view TDC, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And if you're unfamiliar what the live stream watch-alongs are, it is simply going to be yours truly sitting in the studio, hanging out, talking ball, and watching all three games. And yes, we will do that for all three of the South Carolina Clemson Sucks 
baseball games. Those will get going about five minutes before first pitch uh, each and every single game. So just stay tuned for when the times are for that. I know it's 6 o'clock on Friday, I believe 1 o'clock on Saturday, and then 1.30 on Sunday. If I do recall correctly, just stay tuned. I'll update you guys on the times on Thursday show. But either way, again, we will be doing the live stream watch-alongs, guys, as I mentioned before. Very excited to bring these back. I think it's going to be a value-add for content specifically on game days, being plugged in, being locked in, in the studio. We might do some post-game stuff as well, taking questions after the games, after each and individual game, if you will. But uh, really excited for those. Again, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, the Spurs Up show across all platforms. And simply put, the same way that you tune into the Daily Crow, that is exactly how we'll be streaming everything all weekend long. So again, we'll talk much more about that as we get closer to the weekend. And of course, on Thursday's show, when we break down the series, I will be sure to remind you all exactly Exactly what is going on and what the plans are. Also, guys, one last thing. When the Gamecocks win, of course, you win in regards to saving money over at TSUS.store, our online store, guys. Go right now. Use the promo code YARDCOCKS at TSUS.store. You'll get 15% off when you use that promo code all day long. Really exciting stuff. Going to do this after each and every single South Carolina baseball series victory. So, again, really exciting stuff. TSUS.store. Dot store. Check out all of our latest drops that include our Yardcocks baseball collections, Rowdy Roosters, but also the Beamer Rattler 23 merch, which of course is going to be a very hot item this year. Beamer Ball, Clem Suck, Shane Storm, uh, our touchdown merchandise, our Heisman merchandise with the seven. Really, really exciting stuff happening over at our online store. So again, TSUS dot store. Use that promo code Yardcocks for 15%. Off. That being said, guys, let's go ahead and dive into it. South Carolina picks up the series sweep over the Pennsylvania Quakers by final scores of seven to four on Friday, one to nothing on Saturday. And then, of course, yesterday in the season finale, a dramatic one, six to five, as the Gamecocks come back late in that ball game to finish off the sweep. And as we dive into key takeaways, Y'all having fun yet? <laughs> I mean, what a weekend it was for South Carolina baseball, man, as you break each every single one of these games down. And I'll tell you this. We knew that the competition, I said at the top of the show, we knew the competition was taking a step up, right? We knew looking at the numbers and what Penn did last year and the type of team they were, that this was a quality ball club coming in. However, I will say this, the Quakers exceeded all of my expectations. Guys, that is a postseason team. No doubt. And it felt like all weekend long, South Carolina was battling a three or four seed in a regional. Like, that's that type of ball club. And only one team from the Ivy League, by the way, gets in, right? You have to win the Ivy League. That's why Penn did not make it last year, because they lost to Columbia, I believe, in their conference tournament. But Penn is a postseason team. And especially when you look at the arms, that they were rolling out there, not just their starters, their bullpen, that entire pitching staff. We're talking about guys throwing 93, 94, 95. And I'm not going to sit here on this Monday and anoint Penn as, you know, they'd win the SEC or they should be a ranked team or a top 10 team or what have you. But that was a high-quality baseball team that South Carolina just took on. You know, of course, it started on Friday. I thought the starting pitching from Will Sanders was very solid. You know, you strike for the big five spot in that second inning. Uh, Ethan Petrie, really the big hero in that game, the three-run home run. Saturday, of course, you win the one nothing ball game. Noah Hall, just absolutely fantastic. I mean, he was electric, truly special in that game. 
And then, of course, yesterday, and guys, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, Friday and Saturday, we talked a lot about those already in our post-game reactions, stuff like that. But, you know, the difference in a team, and I, again, I, I don't want to make too much of the second weekend of the year, and it still would have been a, an accomplishment to win two of three, would have been a quality series victory. But the difference between, in my opinion, a good team and an above-average team is when you have your foot on the throat of an opponent and you've won the first two games, can you win on Sunday? Can you take care of business? And that certainly applies in SEC play as well, but it applies all throughout the season. And, you know, maybe this is a bit of a stretch, but I felt like sitting there watching that game on Sunday, you know, I I felt like I was like, you know, the difference between this year's team and last year's team is that last year's team would have been fighting for that game on Sunday fighting for the series victory, not fighting for the sweep, fighting for the series victory. You know, last year's team stranding 19 runners in game three, stranding 19 runners on base would have broken them, and you would have found a way to lose that ball game. But I've talked about it before, guys. What is the mantra? What is the motto of Gamecocks baseball? It's win anyway. Win anyway. Despite the odds, no matter what happens, whether you score 15 runs, five runs, one run, it does not matter. No matter how you do it, win anyway. Because some days you're going to win one nothing like you did on Saturday. Some days you're going to win 19 to three like you did against UMass Lowell. Some days you're going to have to hit back to back home runs like Gavin Cassis and Will McGillis did late in that ball game Sunday against Penn and find a way to win a game, right? I said in my post game on Sunday, It's a math class, not an art class. And all my golfers have probably heard that before. But what that means is this, guys. Hey, the beautiful thing about baseball, it doesn't matter how it looks. It doesn't have to be pretty, right? All that matters is you get the job done because 30 games from now, 40 games from now, when you're sitting there and the dust is settled and you're fighting to to host or your postseason seating or whatever it is, you're not going to recall that you beat Penn 6-5 to five and you left 19 guys on base and, and you, you were 0 for 7 with the bases loaded. But what you are going to remember is that South Carolina won and South Carolina started the season 8-0 thanks to a bit of a heroic performance on a Sunday. But again, you know, you start and you look at the pitching, guys. Absolutely fantastic all three days. Again, I thought Will Sanders, you know, I think he needs to continue to be more efficient. 89 pitches, in five innings pitch, but I mean, no earned runs in five innings, had six strikeouts, uh, you know, only had two walks. I think you're really nitpicking. I think one of the reasons that we're leaving our, you know, we're leaving the starts of Will Sanders yearning for more, I think because the expectations are just so high. You know, I know for me personally, I've got all American type of expectations for this kid, and you know, because I think we all understand what he's capable of. So I'm really excited to see what Will does this week, uh, what he does in the rivalry series. I think he will, he will turn it on. He will turn it up, but a solid outing on Friday for Will. Again, guys, like I mentioned, Noah Hall was absolutely masterful on Saturday Eight innings pitch, three hits, no runs, no earn, no walks, and 12 strikeouts. 98 pitches for him. I mean, again, absolutely incredible. And then yesterday, I mean, Jack Mahoney just continues to look really good. Uh, you know, unfortunately, his line was impacted by Eli Jerzenbeck coming in and uh, giving up some runs on the inherited runners. But again, all in all, I thought Jack Mahoney looked really, really good. Uh, you know, Penn seemed to catch up to his fastball a little bit. They looked a little comfortable swinging at the fastball later in that game. I think the second or third time to the lineup. But again, he was really, really good. And you look at the bullpen, guys, and 
I mean, the pitching staff is this. That's why I said, guys, coming into the weekend, that even if you did not have the offensive explosion that you had in the first three games of the season, you've got the pitching staff to make up for it. And, and that's what you saw in all three games. I mean, that's what you saw all weekend wrong, right? A, 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 a weekend after, you know, you scored double digits every game, first five games of the season, you scored double digits. You didn't score double digits once all weekend, yet you still found a way to get the job done. And a lot of the reason was because of that pitching staff. Austin, Proctor, Phipps, Veach with two saves, Matthew Becker getting the save uh, on Saturday, uh, you know, Kate Austin again on Sunday. Jerzenbeck, I thought, was really solid in his outing on Sunday. Can he improve? Yes, but I thought it was a true freshman. Stepping in that spot, thought he was really good. I mean, all in all, guys, it's an embarrassment of riches for the Gamecocks on the mound and, uh, you know, pitching wins. Pitching wins at this level, and South Carolina certainly got it. I mean, it's just arm after arm after arm after arm. And it's like I told you guys before, I would put the Gamecocks starting rotation up against anybody. I, I mean, anybody in the SEC, anybody in the country. And, and what you're seeing, too, is, you know, the Gamecocks really suffered last year. Their bullpen was a major, major area of concern. I mean, I, I'm not trying to knock the guys from last year or knock last year's team any more than they already have been. But, you know, Saturday, I think you probably lose that game. I think Sunday, you definitely lose that game, right? And, that, and that's the difference. You know, it's it's baseball is a game of inches, just like everything else. But baseball is truly a game where it comes down to the wire and you got to have those guys and having those guys is the difference between winning and losing and and having a good season or not having a good season, right? So uh, you've got the pitching depth. We talked about it all preseason long, and certainly that showed this weekend. And some weekends, guys, your hitting is going to pick up your pitching. And some weekends, your pitching is going to pick up your hitting. And the hitting all in all was not terrible. I don't want to say it was just absolutely awful. But there were certainly moments, right, where we had some PTSD and it reminded us, us of the struggles of last year and of the Kingston era, if you will. I mean, you talk just specifically the Sunday game. 19 runners left on base. I, I don't know what the record is. I don't know what the record is and still finding a way to win, but it's got to be pretty damn close because 19 left on base, 0 for 7. With the bases loaded, right? And I still say this in regards to the approach. You know, you struck out 13 times on Sunday, but you drew 11 walks, right? So you were pretty patient at the plate. You were finding ways to get on. You got hit by pitches seven times. Seven times you got hit by a pitch. So 18 times you got a free pass. And I know that Mark Kingston, Monty Lee, they'll be preaching all week long of, of turning that into runs, if you will. But the bottom line is this, guys, again, it may not have been pretty, but you found a way to get the job done. And that's truly all that matters in the game of baseball. So, hey, as long as your pitching keeps picking you up, and again, there's going to have to be games where the hitting, you're going to have to come through. That's going to bite you. And they know that, right? They know that. I mean, we don't have to sit here and preach on it all week and, and let's all remind Kingston and Lee and these hitters, they got to swing it better. They know that, right? You, they know you can't leave 19 runners on base. But, I mean, what a team win. You know, I thought Kit Balk night, he highlighted this on the broadcast. And one of the biggest things that stands out to me, guys, on the weekend is it really does feel like the way that this team is winning right now is you sit here 8-0, which is a hell of a feat, guys. I mean, if you'd have told me the Gamecocks would be 8-0 at this point, I would have signed up for it in a heartbeat. Because, again, Penn is a quality team, and baseball is just such a random game. I mean, look across the country, guys. The amount of teams that aren't 8-0. The amount of teams who are struggling with schools you've never even heard of before. I mean, Arkansas just lost two of three and got blasted yesterday. 
got blasted by, let's see here, Eastern Illinois. We know them from the football side of things. Lost 12-3 to on Sunday, lost 2-3. of Texas A&M lost 2-3, of almost got swept by Portland, right? I mean, it's, it's happening all across the country. So while I know it's not SEC play, you have not gotten into the important part, quote-unquote, of your schedule, you've really got to tip your cap and give credit where it's due because, again, to take on that pin team especially, specifically talking about this weekend, that is a really, really, really good ball club. And to find ways to win in all three games, right? I would say that Friday was the least dramatic. You were up 6-1 to one in that ball game, going to the seventh. You give up three runs. You get the insurance in the eighth. You win 7-4. to four. But, I mean, Saturday and Sunday, one nothing and 6-5. to five. And, and there's something, guys, to be said about being a team that is good in those type of ball games, right? W- winning one-run games. You know, it may not have been the flashy, impressive 19-3 to three blowout wins that I, I know a lot of fans, and we all want to see, right? Nobody's going to be upset if you go out there and beat somebody like that. But there's a lot of value to winning those close games. And, and winning close games is a great characteristic and a great trait for a ball club to have. Again, I know the frustrations. Hell, I was frustrated. I was frustrated on Sunday watching that game. It's like, why can we not drive a runner in at third base with less than two outs? Why is this happening? You've also got to give some credit to Penn, right? Their pitchers were really good. Guys out there pumping 95. They were not throwing cookies up there. These are guys that are high-quality players. And I heard them talking, too. They're like, this guy's transferring from Penn to Virginia Tech. This guy's going from Penn to Duke. So, I mean, they've got big-time ball players. Do not get it twisted. Penn's got some good players. But, uh, I mean, all in all, guys, it was all about the Yardcocks. A great team victory. A great team sweep. And, again, getting that win on Sunday and getting the series sweep. Would it still have been a successful weekend if you won two out of three? I mean, sure it would have. Sure it would have, right? It still would have been a solid weekend. But again, like I mentioned, the difference between a good team and I believe a team that has the chance to be an above-average ball club and be hosting and get to 40 wins when we get to the end of the season is winning those types of games on Sunday and finishing it off and getting the job done in South Carolina was able to do that. A fantastic job all weekend long by all parties. I mean, again, it was solid baseball all the way around. Still things to work on, of course, but we're eight games into a 56-game season, guys. Nobody's perfect at this point. Everybody's got things to polish up. And, I mean, listen, it feels great to be able to win even when you don't necessarily play your best baseball. I mean, that's a blessing in itself as well, and that shows a lot about this ball club. And, again, their grit, their determination, that win Anyway, mentality of this group, finding ways to get the job done, that's something you hope to see continue throughout this entire season. Guys, let's move into our weekly series MVP award. And I've mentioned his name and his stats a couple of times. Guys, it's got to go to Noah Hall. The job he did on Saturday, absolutely special. Eight innings pitched, three hits, no runs, no earned. No walks, by the way, which was extremely impressive. And guys, let me even take it a step further. Noah Hall had one, count it, one three-ball count all day long. I mean, that is absolutely unreal. And, oh, by the way, had 12 strikeouts to go on his line as well. But one three-ball count. To me, that's more impressive than the no-earned runs. That's more impressive than the strikeouts. Like, the fact that he was that efficient, challenging hitters, painting the corners. I mean, everything he wanted to do, he was able to do it. It was his day out there. The stuff was incredible, and it was just more of that Noah Hall 
we saw from a year ago, guys, where it just seemed like weekend after weekend after weekend, he was just bringing it, right? Noah Hall may not have as good a stuff as Will Sanders, or he may not have the hype, or he may not have the first-round draft grade. And this isn't a knock on Will, but this is just making the point that Noah Hall may not have all of those things, but damn it, he pitches like he deserves to be the Friday night guy. He pitches like a Friday night guy. And again, what a luxury that is for South Carolina, for Justin Parker, for Mark Kingston, this entire Gamecocks baseball team. And again, an incredible performance on Saturday to get the win, a one nothing win for South Carolina and Noah Hall, the big reason why. So again, guys, the winner of our ooh, ooh, series MVP award, much deserved, goes to Noah Hall. Fantastic stuff, guys. Let's dive into slap dig of the weekend. And I'll say kudos to everybody in Columbia. Pretty clean weekend in Cola. You know, I was thinking about it. There was really nobody I could think of or point out that deserved the slap dig of the weekend title. Uh, however, as I was watching college baseball on Sunday afternoon, we head to Oxford, Mississippi. Now, does South Carolina own the 2001 song that the football team runs out to? And by the way, the baseball team runs out to. We don't own it, but when I heard Ole Miss playing it in the bottom of the seventh with the bases loaded and nobody out, I, I knew. I said, this is peak slap dickery. The fact that Ole Miss, who played at South Carolina last year in a three-game set, they know that we play it. They know it's our intro, and Ole Miss is using this in the midst of their game. I, I just... Of all the things you could do, of all the traditions that you have that you could be blaring over your speakers, you're playing 2001, congratulations. Ole Miss baseball, you, my friends, are the slapdicks of the weekend. Let's move into who's hot and who's not. We'll start, of course, with who's red hot, and that is Chris Veach, guys. What a weekend for Veach, the PC transfer. Two and a third innings pitch, no hits, no earned runs, no runs, three strikeouts, and two saves on the weekend and, you know, that was one of the position battles or one of the roles, if you will, that we thought or I thought would be really interesting to watch for is that closer spot. And I think Veach might be your solution. I mean, again, he's got the moxie. He's got the mentality of a closer. Certainly has great stuff, and he showed that all weekend. And, um, you know, I thought he had a great weekend. I mean, again, you get two saves in one weekend. That's pretty impressive. Of course, Matthew Becker getting the other one on Saturday. But all in all, man, Chris Veach, I think he might be the solution to your closer, I won't say issue, but just the closer opening, right? He might be the guy there filling that void at the at the closer spot. And the beautiful thing is this, you have tons of great options. But Chris Veach, red hot right now on the bump. And, again, he was absolutely fantastic. And South Carolina, I'm sure – will continue to hand the baseball to him uh, in those tight situations late in ball games. Who's not? Carson Hornung. It was a forgettable weekend for him as Carson actually got bumped down from the leadoff spot to, I believe, the 7 or 8 hole on Sunday. But on the weekend, went 0 for 9 with five strikeouts, which is so weird because Carson started really hot in the first, first couple of games, if you will, but has just extremely cooled off, right? And Will Tippett also even got the start. Excuse me, I forgot about that. Uh, Will Tippett got the start on Sunday. Carson Hornung was benched for the Sunday game. So again, I'm not worried about Hornung. I think he's going to be a guy. I, I think he'll get it figured out, get his swing figured out. But right now, just having a tough time seeing it again. 0 for 9 with five strikeouts on the weekend for him. When you look at what's next for South Carolina baseball, of course, the midweek tomorrow, South Carolina takes on North Carolina A&T, a 4 o'clock first pitch at Founders Park. And of course, guys, 
It is Clem Sucks Week. The annual rivalry series returns this weekend as South Carolina takes on the Tigers Friday at Clem Sucks, Saturday in Greenville at Floor Field, and then Sunday, of course, back home at Founders Park. And, of course, guys, with that being said, you already know that yours truly is going to be on one all week long. We're not going to look past the midweek by any means, but very excited. Those who've been following my show for a while, you know that the South Carolina Clemsucks baseball series for me, it is like my Super Bowl of the baseball season. Not to say that it's bigger than the rest of the season, if you will, but I take it just as seriously as I take the football game. It is a very big deal. It's a lot of fun. Again, the best rivalry in all of college baseball. And cannot wait for that. But of course, first, we got that midweek tomorrow night, and then we'll dive into the rivalry series and talk all things South Carolina and Clem sucks. Guys, let's move off of the diamond and on to the hardwood, and I'll be quick with this one, is the Gamecocks men's basketball team, who, boy, falls to Tennessee by a final score of 85-45. to For the second time this season, South Carolina loses to Tennessee by 40 or more points, and the third time this season, the Gamecocks have lost a game by 40 or more points. And my biggest takeaway, guys, this is Tennessee just currently owns South Carolina in the hard way. I mean, it's a miserable matchup. The size, the speed, the athleticism, just the way Tennessee plays. I mean, it's a horrendous matchup. And, and we talked about it, guys. And, and I actually was, I, I gave way too much credit, right? I think I picked like a 17 or a 14 point loss. The spread comes out at 22 and a half. And I'm thinking, man, that's, that's quite the spread. And Tennessee damn near doubles that. And they could have won by more, I think, if they really wanted to. Um, you know, again, guys, it's 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 one of those things where I say this, you know, it's year zero Lamont Paris, but if you would have told me in the preseason that South Carolina would have lost three games by 40 or more points, I think even I would have been like, you know, I think that's a little harsh. I, I, I don't know if it'll be quite that bad, right? But sure enough, sure enough, it has been that bad. <laughs> it's been that bad. Uh, just an abysmal performance all the way around, guys. Our player of the game for the game, uh, one bright spot, Hayden Brown, 18 points, four rebounds. I think he had 13 points at half, had a really good performance. Uh, you look at what's next for South Carolina men's basketball. They will take on Mississippi State in Starkville tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern tip-off on the SEC Network. So I wonder how many folks will be staying up late tomorrow night <laughs> to watch this team. As there are just two regular season games remaining in year one of the Lamont Paris era. And then, of course, guys, uh, Gamecocks will begin the men's SEC basketball tournament uh, next week where they will be playing on the first day of the tournament, probably on, what, that Tuesday or that Wednesday or whenever it gets going. So, uh, you know, an opportunity to bounce back. Mississippi State, a very beatable team right down there at the bottom with you. But, uh, you know, just a tough one. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it because it is what it is. When you lose by 40, what is there really to say? What is there really to say? So uh, a tough one all in all. Guys, on that note, a more positive hoops, if you will. Gamecocks women's basketball. They complete the perfect regular season 29-0, and 16-0 in conference as South Carolina takes down Georgia on senior day, 73-63. to I mean, Dawn Staley's team, man. I mean, what is there really to say? And, and that group of seniors also that played their final game at Colonial Life Arena and, uh, you know, the career that Aaliyah Boston has had and and Zaya Cook and, and and so many others, right, that have been so great for this team. Aaliyah Boston, 25 points in that game, 11 rebounds. Zaya Cook with 12 points. 
Uh, Camila Cardoso with 13 points. So they are absolutely rolling right now. And of course, guys, the SEC tournament will begin this week on Friday. Like I said, that's why there's no TDC on Friday. Noon will be the tip-off. We are waiting to see who the Gamecocks will play. Of course, we will not know until late Thursday night after the first two rounds of the tournament because when you're as good as South Carolina is, you get the double buy. So again, should be a lot of fun. Of course, it's right here in Greenville at Bon Secours Wellness Arena. They'll be there all weekend long. I'm sure we are all expecting the Gamecocks to be playing in the championship on Sunday, but but you can't take it for granted because we were in this position last year and South Carolina fell to Kentucky in the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament. So it should be a lot of fun. I know the Gamecocks want their quote-unquote revenge, if you will, and want to add another trophy to the trophy case. And also, hey, want to go wire to wire, want to go undefeated all the way to the national championship. So should be a lot of fun, guys. Again, we'll have more coverage on that as the week goes, certainly on the Thursday podcast when we know who the Gamecocks are playing. We will discuss all of that and much more. But again, congratulations to Don Staley and that women's basketball team on the perfect regular season. What a run it has been to this point. And certainly, guys, the fun is just beginning. Hey, it's like I told you all, right, in the preseason that – our season doesn't really begin until the postseason gets here. Well, guess what? Postseason basketball has officially arrived for Don Staley's squad. Cannot wait to take it all in with you all. Guys, that's going to do it all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Again, stay tuned to all of the content this week. Content bleeding out of the eyeballs on a very, very busy week here at TSUS. Again, guys, thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we will talk to you all on Thursday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. 